welcome to 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews, where we take random movies from Metacritic's 15K Plus Movies to randomly watch whether we like it or not. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of 15K Plus Random Movie Reviews. This is Colin. And this is Niall. And um, this is random movie number 9247. Uh, it's a movie called Concussion from 2013. It's got a meta score of 56 and a user score of 6. It's got a runtime of 96 minutes. And for some reason, it has a box office total of 78,957 US dollars. Don't know why. <laughs> it does does not um, feature Will Smith. It's very important to point out. Right. Yeah, I forgot that it was even a movie when just when we pulled out this name yesterday, but then or last week, but then when uh, I started looking, I started googling concussion for background stuff. His um, American football medical drama came up. So which, which might have been an interesting one to get as well, but. Uh... Unfortunately, not the case. No. So directed by Stacey Passon. Hasn't really done a lot. I don't know if you found anything about, about her. She just... directed one episode of an interesting Marvel TV show called The Punisher, uh, which was quite good. Um, aside from that, everything else she did, I've never heard of. Yeah. It uh, premiered at Sundance Film Festival, which is quite prestigious. And strangely enough, the Weinstein Bella um, backed it. I wonder why. I'm not going to comment on that. No. <laughs> I can guess as to why he enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, won it either won it. Yeah, I think it won a Teddy Award at the Berlin Film Festival for LGBT themes. And other than that, not much of a background to it. Have you any background nuggets of information about it? The, the only piece of information that most listeners may not be aware of is this, this is the only movie that I've fallen asleep during while trying to watch. <laughs> I, yeah, there was a certain point I was going to go. All right. So I can just skip forward a bit here. Cause it's, it's like, I was going through it and I was thinking, this is like reading somebody's diary of just nothing. Yeah. There's just nothing. There's a whole, there's a whole patches of bleh. Yeah. Not much happens. It's, she's describing, well, the, the the movie's describing standard life and how boring it can be at times. And I guess it's a midlife crisis she's experiencing. Um, Pretty but, much. It's it's not interesting. No. <laughs> to me, anyway. I don't know. No, it, it, um, it's in a nutshell, yeah, it's a over 40s um, lesbian woman. Which, who... which we both know about. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, like, just because life gets a bit, you know, depressing after 40 doesn't mean that it makes for a good movie. True, true. And so, we've all been there. We've all turned to prostitution after we hit the 40s. <laughs> Flipping apartments. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a euphemism now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Robin played by, no, Abby played by Robin Weigert. Mm -hmm. She, um, she's above 40 and she's, yeah, she's going through a midlife crisis. Basically like there's an intro intro to the movie is pretty much just women voiceover saying some just, um, things about 
what you need to take care of when you're over 40. It's either your butt or your face. Face or ass, yeah. yeah. And then it goes into a running theme that goes throughout the movie of her exercising and doing yoga and, you know, fighting fighting off the uh, inner demons through exercise, pretty much, I would guess. She's a, it's yeah. a bored housewife, pretty much, and she's... she's uh, it actually goes straight from exercise and yoga into a very quite dramatic scene of her face covered in blood after getting hit by her son with a ball. Baseball in the face. Yeah, um, that's got to hurt. The, the, possibly the only interesting bit in the movie, and they don't show it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's like, oh, bloody hell, that went from sedate intro David Bowie yeah. uh, song, Bowie oh, Pretty Things, to um, Massive Amount of Blood, and her like going, um, you little <laughs> to her son. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously the <laughs> wife then, I think the wife was uh, Kate, was it? Is that her name? I think so. I, I have her written down as wife because she's such a nun character. She's so by... boring. Julie Fane Lawrence. Yeah, that's who's it. Who's been in absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Mm. So, yeah, you know. Absolutely two dimensional characters, kind of just there because she has to be. Well, to be honest with you, yeah, you kind of. She did her good. She did a, a job well then because it's supposed to be a boring character and absolutely doing nothing yeah. to, the, to the marriage or whatever. Um, I think, I think in my eyes, there's a danger in trying to you know, project a really boring situation and making sure that the people watching know it's boring. The problem with that is a lot of people are going to be bored. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it it's effective. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a dodgy premise that you have to really have a, a massively powerful script, uh, to actually make it work. Yeah. Uh, you so have to. Yeah, I'm not sure this does, but yeah. To be honest with you, so this is another bug of mine from the movie. Like, she gets concussed. The name of the movie is Concussion. You know, there's nothing about concussion through the entire movie. Yeah, other than it's a, a possibly a trigger to her midlife crisis. Um, but it doesn't even go into that. You know, no. it, it just happens. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. It's just an event that happens at the start of the movie. It doesn't say that this is the trigger or she doesn't say that this is the trigger. Yeah. It just flows on from there. Yeah, exactly. It just, and doesn't really address it ever again. You could call it something else. You could call the entire thing midlife crisis or whatever and just get it over with. You don't have to have concussion as a as a, the main factor of the movie. In fact, it's a, it's a terrible unlike the will smith movie where it actually is the main <laughs> part of the movie this is sad all to do with concussion yeah it's it's quite weird and bizarre that it based it entirely on getting hit in the face with a baseball um yeah the first 30 minutes or so it's pretty much just oh I'm, i want to go back to work and it's pretty much it, it's she likes to flip apartments she finds crap apartments and gets them renovated with her buddy justin i'm guessing that's his name i yeah, can't remember it seems to do 90 percent of the work yeah she just looks at a catalog and go yeah that color and that tile and away you go if you go minion fix it up yeah and so like it goes back and forth between the family life being stale and the sun being annoying and her snapping at the sun and her getting on the tread treadmill and increasing the pace and then she vomits up everywhere after it 
Yeah, overdoes it, drops to the floor and vomits all over. Like, Rune's a good, perfectly good treadmill. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. And then, just, yeah. you know, out of the blue, she just calls a, uh, a call girl and meets up with the uh, call girl. Yeah, she, she doesn't start off with the high high standards. Uh, no. the, the first lady of the night, she she visits, or the only lady of the night she visits, I should say, sorry. Off her face, looks like she's doing met or something. Uh, not, not a great thing. It's not... Not, not sexy. Crystal Let's meth. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, nice, nice one there. Going back to the previous. Yeah, previous episode, <laughs> the sisters. Um, so then Justin and Robin are. Uh, so she she just admits to what she did to Justin because Justin's her buddy. That, whatever. That doesn't really do much. But cuts to. Yeah, he says like, uh, well, if you're gonna do it. Don't F it up. Yeah, yeah. And um, it shows then some scenes dun, 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 of the dun, dun, kids being annoying in a music shop playing the drums. Yeah. Just ramps and up the noise. Then she's chatting to the wife about the friends who are going through a divorce or something mm. like that. And she's describing why her friend is divorcing the husband or cheating on the husband or something. And she's just... The wife's always like, that. Nah, that's, you know, daft, don't be at it, sort of stuff. And she's like, well, she just needs to breed. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is used later on in the movie as an explanation, but we'll, we'll talk about that then. But it's just, I suppose, the only slightly interesting plot device where they have a bit of symmetry. Yeah, it's, I guess it comes across as just a boring, mundane family dinner, and just we're supposed yeah. to we're supposed to feel bored with them. And uh, we do. Well yeah. done, director. So then this character of Gretchen arrives, and that's sort of her little um, intro yeah, into eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's obviously worth. I, I, that's a lot of money. I don't know the going rate for call girls, but um, neither, neither do I. But damn, eight hundred dollars seems like an awful lot. She didn't seem to be too unhappy with the price, but uh, yeah. So she went from med addict to the other top end of the yeah, scale. I, I think it was more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then after that, and it, it sort of it has this running theme of her life in doing all these um, out of marriage affair thingies, going back to mundane yeah, life. Yeah, I think. I think. Justin talks to her after, yeah, after the dalliance with Gretchen. Yeah, there's a bit of a dinner and, party uh, before Gretchen that. Said, yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. Nothing really happens in it, though. It just doesn't... No, I, I wrote down dinner party, and yeah, that's so about it. it. It's just, <laughs> just... There's nothing to say about it. No. There's friends turn up. They're all supremely two-dimensional. There's nothing about them that's interesting. Uh, I think one of the girls is from her gym class or something. Yeah, she pops in but, and out during the bloody entire movie. Yeah, and... yeah so then... she's again, she's there for some exposition. That's about the height of it. Yeah, um, J- Justin decides to pimp his Abby, basically. Yeah, yeah. He just said uh, they're mending a fence for the, for outside. The older do. ladies. Yeah, she was yeah. like, yeah. And so they decide to turn their flipped apartment into a hookah home, basically, for. for um. For turning tricks is the term. The, the maison derriere. <laughs> so I think uh, this is around the 30 minute mark flying through this. And for some reason, her first customer is like a child and a teenager and doing her homework. Doing, doing her homework with one of those pens with the multicolor selector on the top. 
Yeah, we've had one of those. Well, yeah, still do. Um, but for good reason, she goes, uh, maybe a little bit too young. Yeah, um, but then the second the one second is not much older. Uh, but she's at least a student in university. So this one is actually a reasonably positive relationship that she builds with the second. I don't know what. It's not a John. <laughs> it's usually a bloke. Um, what's the female John? Uh, I don't know. Call uh, girl. Uh, no, she's just... No, no, John. John's the client. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. A Jane? The first Jane or the second Jane, yeah. So she's a student and, and she's very insecure. She's never been kissed. Oh, actually, one point to drop in there is that she, she's a bit different in how she takes her clients and that she insists on meeting them for coffee first, which is weird. Um, yeah. But she gets to chat to them and talk to them first. Yeah. So this is, an, this is a kind of a nice thing where she, this girl is very insecure. She's never been kissed, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, that happens. Almost like a motherly relationship. I, you know, I actually think in this one she's providing a good service. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but you know, it, it seems like a positive thing. Some of the other um, Janes, especially number five, not so great. Mm, yeah, number five. It's not a Beatles song She's or a bit, Simpsons song. Fisty and punchy and stuff. Yeah. Um, shortly after that first, well, she has a couple of encounters. Then she meets the girl in mm. brackets, who is this like sweet blonde young student who basically is a pimp, going through law school or something. Law school, yeah. And she, you know, Amber Abby wants some older clientele, so she uh, she gets. The next Jane she turns in is this similarly aged woman, probably mid forties maybe, and they have this sort of battle back and forth and uh, I don't know, all these scenes are just kind of boring. And then it goes straight into straight into a boring mom talk where they're talking about sanitizer or something outside in the garden and it's just like yeah, it's just never it's just stops. filler really, isn't it? Yeah, it's filler. And then um yeah, it's just like a montage then happens of her meeting up with clients and her going to the doctor and spending time with family and just this constant theme throughout the movie of just this um, duality of the of the lives she's leading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she meets Sam at this point. Sam, which is, which is a bit awkward in that she knows Sam. She's seen Sam in the gym. Um, she knows her name. She kind of fancies her, but by, by all accounts, um, and apparently it's two ways. So, the, the, but unfortunately, this is very connected to her family. They're both in the same school. They're both in the PTA. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of she's starting to take risks at this point. Yeah, she has this sort of animated conversation outside with Justin before going in and saying, I know this woman, like what the hell? And then she goes in, which is weird. Yeah. And then they have this kind that's of, just, that's just stupid. Yeah. They kind of have this sort of, you know, tiptoeing conversation around what they're there for. Like yeah, initiating. I'm a prostitute, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, this they, they, sort of euphemism with, um, like, uh, picking out tiles or some yeah, such nonsense. Interior decoration. So she was going, 
as Sam was saying, yeah, I was thinking whether I should do Pilates today or meet up with Eleanor. So she met up with Eleanor, which is Abby's uh, pimp or a prostitute name, basically, if, if we forgot to mention yeah. that. Again, another montage, jogging, taking her vitamins, as we all do over 40, you know. <laughs> um, this is true. This they is have true. A, it's, just, it's just like living our lives again, just the boring bits of it on a really boring movie. Yeah, she uh, she has a encounter with Sam in the, uh, the, the brothel home that she has created. And Sam says, yeah, what are you doing? There was tiles over the sink. And Abby, oh, yeah. And, and Abby, then Justin yeah. pops in afterwards and she's up on the counter ripping the tiles off the wall. Yeah. So, um, like, what? Yeah. I don't get that bit, but okay. Well, yeah, it's just Mom's another missing something. It's just another choice in the script that really just doesn't give me any sort of, you know, enticement to continue watching it without trying to skip different scenes. <laughs> um, the older woman comes back in, she has another scene with them, and she asks, have you got children? She goes, no. And then she says, well, your scar says otherwise on your stomach. So then she walks yeah, away. She's a bit affected by that conversation because the, the older woman says she misses her husband because they haven't been, I don't know, intimate or something. It, it, she kind of feels the same way, obviously, about her own wife. Um, but again, eh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so then, like, we're around the, an hour mark here, and we've only got 30 minutes to go, and you're sort of counting the, the minutes, basically. They have, she's talking with her wife about the tooth fairy. It's just a terribly boring conversation. And you just realize, yeah, they're different people now. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, they're totally different. That's fine. Then, um, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a theme where she's talking about her clients, and she doesn't want number five coming coming back, and it shows a montage of... Number five. Getting beating. slapped around the place by number five. Yeah. 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 Then, um, sure, I can understand not wanting that client. <laughs> no, no, it looked a bit, looked a bit, uh, WWE. Uh, well, but at this of... point, Justin gives her an out. Like he says, listen, do you want out of this? Because, you know, this, it doesn't feel like you, this, you know, and this sort of pressure, maybe you don't want to be doing this anymore, but she's like, no, no, I need more clients. Yeah, and I think Justin actually she doesn't give her clients anymore. So she meets with the girl. Yeah, and they bypass Justin and yeah. more clients. Yay. Yay. At this point, um, Kate is like going, listen, I've got a friend who wants to buy a place. So yeah, that's a bit, she, she doesn't want to, obviously, because that's her whorehouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where she's making the money. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, the first the first client she got the the young the young student. She gave her a bunch of books, and at this point, she's like going. She's shows a scene with that first client again, and she's like going. I think this is going to be my last time coming to you, and um, those books are really good. The only thing that came into my yeah. mind, the only thing that came into my mind was there. Bring the bloody books back then. Get even get yeah. In fairness, eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars. I'd keep the books. <laughs> you think she's 800? Well, she was charging 800 to the older lady. Oh, Remember right. the lady decided she, she was going to walk out because yeah, she was yeah. too scared and she was going to give 400 for the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good memory. Then comes in, it's just randomness. She's in this drive-thru and she orders a number four with cheese and it just shows her eating this number four with cheese. <laughs> Why? 
I don't know. You don't need to see somebody eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> she meets Sam in the grocery store with her 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 hubby, and it's just yeah. She she intentionally goes down the aisle mm. where Sam and the husband are being quite lovey dovey. Um, so she does it intentionally. Just I don't know for kicks. Uh, yeah, she makes it overly awkward by by uh, by on purpose. Yeah. Um, again, goes back to normal family life in between all this random chaotic altar life and shows the their daughter doing the Dominican Republic speech in a play. Meh. 1492. <laughs> 1492. Uh, again, even that bit is... Uh, the kids in it are, again, there's no substance to anybody but the main couple of characters, and they're unlikable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have something here. Why do I have written down film cover dash Kate pops by? What the hell is that? Film, drunk. Film cover. I can't I remember. Have no idea what that means. We're getting near the end of the movie here. You're delirious at this point. No, no, this is, no, this is, this is when, um, I don't know why I wrote film cover, but she's she's in her whorehouse with a client. The client leaves, and Kate drops by, and she's oh, that's what. There's Kate drops by, and uh, Abby is naked on the on the bed, and that's the actual picture they use on the film cover of the the movie poster. Ah, uh, okay, yes, gotcha. Ah. So yeah, okay, well, that so, that would make sense. Yeah, so that's um, that's why I wrote that. I knew it made sense. So basically, that's the sort of the the apex of the plot line. And it should be the most dramatic thing, but it's not. They just sit down and um, they have a conversation. Oh, what Abby? No, pretty much Abby just says, "I'll do whatever you want," and Kate just walks out. And that's that's the sort oh, of yes. that's yep. the sort of um, that's the pinnacle of the the plot line, and sort of fizzles by. So then it just cuts to the, we're kind of petering out the, the line here. She's talking on the phone about interior decorating, which I don't know who, and it's just the most boring conversation ever. It shouldn't be in a movie. She has yep. a conversation with Sam outside when, because Sam's walking a dog and Kate has driven away without saying goodbye or whatever. That conversation doesn't mean anything yeah, to me. The, the conversation basically winds up being, you know, we've got a secret. So we should just keep it between ourselves. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm gonna go and walk my dog some more. That that is the weakest dialogue ever. It's yeah. just who cares? She um it, it's in there to tie up some loose ends, but nobody really cares about these loose ends, to be honest. No, we never see Sam again. Um wife comes home, conclusion. She the wife basically just says, I don't want anyone. And yeah. They just get on with and then life. It at that. Yeah. And then just she experiences no ramifications for some substantial cheating. Yeah. That's pretty much uh, just But the wife doesn't seem to care that much. The wife is just apathetic. She's you know, life is yeah. over after forty, you know, so you don't really give a shit anymore. So it's like Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's true, to be honest. Yeah, you yeah. know. I'm just waiting for the sweet embrace of oblivion. Yeah. So she sells her apartment and um family life goes on. There's a montage of Time life going Back on. The gym. They're basically parenting at this point, I, I'm guessing, and just getting on with life. And she goes back to the gym, and the end scene is uh, her 
being asked, oh, what are you going to do? And she goes, I might take hot yoga class after, which is a reference to what Sam said she does. So it's kind of inclination towards she's, that. She's going to continue cheating potentially. Yeah, I think she's going to continue with the, the job. Yeah, I think she's but going to follow up with I, Sam. I write the question mark when I wrote this down. But then I also wrote down, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I think. I think. If I want to think about the movie, I think that Abby will will probably she won't do the whole pimp herself out. I think, but she'll she'll definitely um, meet up with Sam. I think and do some hot yoga classes. Hmm. Again, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. This might be more than you're giving, but I'm giving the plot one out of five. I just you know it's 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 terrible, but it exists. Let's see. Oh, I got a 0.1 because it, it <laughs> irritated the living crap out of me. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the audio sound brackets track? I was very sort of, it was very promising to start. You've got Bowie, Oh, You Pretty Things was going, yes. Yeah. Like where this is going. No, and then nothing. No. Yeah, nothing. Just nothing. Actually, at so the start. I dropped a one on that. Yeah. But I, that's it. Yeah. I, it just. Yeah, 0.5 for me, but it, it started off, the piano intro sounded a bit like Sesame Street intro, if you listen to it again. <laughs> Don't know why. Uh, I, I, I think I might have skipped past the piano intro. Um, <laughs> there, um, it's just... I was wondering what the last song was. I, I, was, I was trying to figure out, because I think they just spent a bit of money on David Bowie, and then the last song was by Brian Eno, and it's called Some of Them Are Old. I had to look it up on Spotify and just played it. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't it sandwich the movie. Find it. So you decent I, music at the beginning and the end, and everything else was rubbish. Um, yeah, yeah, it was not. Or non-existent. Non-existent. There was a bit of techno stuff in low audio in the ba in the background at some point. I don't know why, but that's the way it goes. Um, acting, acting was... <laughs> was okay it was it was probably the best bit of the the movie um nothing to write home i think about they did a good job it's just you know when you've got poor source material it doesn't matter if you do a good job it's gonna be this i, yeah. I thought i thought abby herself was actually quite good yeah Acted quite well um, yeah, yeah there's a Justin sons of anarchy an interesting character it's the sons of anarchy yeah. um yeah. background they're both Robin Vigert and Maggie Siffer in Sons of Anarchy. I was wondering where the girl I'd seen her before, Emily Kinney. Do you know where she? You, you might have seen her. Oh, before? number two. No, no, the girl, the pimp. Oh no, I, I didn't recognize her face. Walking so Dead. Didn't... Beth from The Walking Dead. She Get he, away. He was. She was the farmer's daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was really young in that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose we've been about the same age, actually. When was The Walking Dead? Walking Dead. Um, well, this is 2013. I think Walking Dead was around that time. Yeah, she might have been around, actually, that in the seasons. Hmm, okay. Anyway, I, I soon stopped watching The Walking Dead yep. around that time, probably. I didn't recognize her, so, um, so as much I don't care about the character in Walking Dead. I, I actually thought a couple of times that Robin Vigert, who played Abby, was the actress from uh, Fringe. And she totally reminded me of that actress but it wasn't i just uh, no, no no um production i really don't i don't i i don't know really it looks good the sets are fine there's no real 
the fake uh, blood was good. I give it a one and a half because there's a couple of things in it that you know there's a bit of symmetry here and there. Some yeah. of the shots are interesting, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, um, it's because it's a lot of it's mundane. So what are you going to show? Yeah. Um, acting, I gave two point five just because that's pretty good. I give it two. Yeah. Um, I w- I might have given it more, but. The, the the main characters are well done, but the supporting cast have nothing to work with. So, eh, because there's, there's a lot of two D carpet cut out people that mean <sighs> nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, production. I just don't. I don't. I don't have anything of note to say about it. It was just like it's like the the rest of the movie it was just like a piece of cardboard and soggy yeah. piece of cardboard, bland. Functional. Yeah, they like the movie equivalent of grey, probably. No, no, grey's too exciting. Beige. Beige, yeah. The beige um, Macintosh coat. Um, <laughs> let's see yeah. what the reviews say. So at the bottom, uh, Mick LaSalle at the San Francisco Chronicle gave a 25 out of 100. He's quite on the same uh, same. The plot is us here. It's a tepid, quiet, and uneventful film directed almost in slow motion with no narrative propulsion and with a succession of very similar scenes. The actors speak mm. softly and pause a lot, and in the background is the steady hum of the soundtrack. I agree. Is that right? Yeah. Slant R. Kurt Ozenlund gave it 88 out of 100. He says, the near imperceptible finesse of Abby's characterization reflects writer-director Stacey Passon's effortless, interesting mix of richness and economy. Hmm. Twaddle. (laughs) Twaddle, I say. All right, let's uh, try to forget about... um, Already gone. Concussion. Whatever that was. Yeah, let's act like we have a concussion and forget about it. Well, when I fell asleep and whacked my head off the table, I might have got concussion. (laughs) Um, All right, let's um, see what the next number brings. And the number is 1397, so that should be better. 1397, oh, okay. All right, 1397 is a movie rated 81 out of 100, released in 2017, Mm. and it's Truman. Get away. I I haven't seen that. I don't know if it's actually the one about the president. It's not actually. Oh, it's twenty seventeen. It's actually what we are tending to get here a lot is a foreign movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, here's the uh, plot: diagnosed with terminal cancer. <laughs> what the? Get off! Fuck. Julian has decided to forego treatment and spend his final days tying up loose ends. When childhood friend Thomas pays his ailing friend an unexpected visit, he quickly realizes he won't be able to change his mind. In what will be their final reunion, the two friends set out to finalize Julian's funeral arrangements, settle his accounts, and most importantly, find a home for his beloved dog. Now, dogs make me quite emotional in movies, so this better not uh, Yeah, Yeah, like John Wick's when they killed the dog. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he killed them all. It's got a um, Metacritic must-see award, so... It's... 99 on Tomato Meter, so it must be really good. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it'd be super good. depressing, though. Yeah, yeah I think it'd be good. Um, yeah, it's got a um, dog... I don't mind on... if it's depressing, as long as it's good. Yeah, it's got a dog on the poster, too, so you know that the dog plays a major part. 
What's, what's the language, sorry? I think it's Spanish. Um, languages, English and Spanish. It's only 108 minutes as well, so that's not too bad. Nice. Well, it's a drama slash comedy. Okay. Yeah. A dark comedy. I like that. Yeah, that should be good. Okay. We look forward to um, Truman after we have been concussed by concussion. So that's it for episode 17 of 15K Plus movie, Random Movie Reviews. Um, leave a review or a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you have the time. And we'll see you on episode 18. Bye-bye. Cheerio.